I lost you. Oh, where'd you go? Welcome to episode number five of the Heavy Metal Money Podcast. My name is Chris, and joining me, my co-host, my friend April. April, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Nice. You uh, this week's going well. It's a Tuesday so far. It's it's kicked off pretty pretty well. Uh, for you or for everybody? <laughs> I guess that was a question. So goes it going okay for you? <laughs> I feel like it's Monday continued today. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. So we're we're actually uh, we're going to talk about something that came up a little bit last episode, where we wanted to kind of dig in a little bit deeper on uh, renting versus buying. Um, that was a question that um, we kind of shortly discussed last time. So we're going to dig in a little deeper this time. Um, we want to also just remind everyone that uh, we're going to have uh, all the show notes and links to things that we're going to talk about today. Um, you can find that over at heavymetal.money. And um, episode five. Yep, episode five. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and actually kind of dive in a little bit on, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, some things to consider, right? The benefits of renting versus buying, but then also there's benefits to buying too. It's kind of different schools of thought. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we did, I dug into an article here on uh, Invest, uh, Investopedia that kind of went through some of the things to, to look at, you know, reasons why renting may be better than buying. One of the first things I want to look at is uh taxes property taxes is one of the big ones yes and so i uh i want to take a look at as we go through today look at some real numbers so i've been looking at my property taxes um so where i live my property taxes for this year is three thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars um again i've looked at the last few years considerably going up uh every single year um, so this past year was thirty-eight fifty. You break that down, that's three hundred and twenty-one dollars a month. So, mm-hmm. again, that's you know a cost that you may not, well, you wouldn't typically have when you rent, right? Yeah. So well, and honestly, like now that you say that, considering where you live, I'm surprised that your taxes are that high. I don't know why I say that, but like looking where I'm looking, you know, when I first moved to the cities, the metro area people were saying when I was looking in Hudson, that Hudson taxes were so unbelievably high. Why would you look there? The taxes are so high. They're very comparable to what you're saying right now. Yeah. And and it does. It's amazing. I learned the other day, I was talking to a friend of mine just outside of Chicago and we actually were talking about uh, investing and he was looking at the possibility of um, purchasing his first uh, investment property. And that was the deal breaker. You are not going to believe what the taxes are in Chicago. Like for his home, taxes are like $15,000 a year. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm not. So like this rental property, we ran, we ran analysis on the numbers to find out if it would cash flow. And taxes were like, I don't know, like $12,000 or something. But it's like, yeah, you were basically you couldn't cash flow based on what comp what comparable rents were with taxes oh so gosh. high um but yeah so property taxes are a big one right so you break that down that's wow. 321 a month mm-hmm. um 
another another one that you may have to pay um you know some people do elect to do that i don't know if you actually have a, a separate renters insurance policy do you have one today i do i do and so just out of curiosity what are you paying what's your your renters insurance premium i think because it's bundled with my car insurance oh like sure maybe like nine ten bucks a month maybe mm -hmm. if that right right yeah i know that when my son was uh when he was living on his own he that's how much it was on his uh on his auto policy as well um yeah, so my my homeowner's insurance, um, I'm looking at my current policy, it's $2,785 a year. So again, $2,785,000 a year. That that's your insurance? Yeah, that's my homeowner's policy, correct. And so wow. and so that 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 is about so you break that down, that's about $232 a month. Mm-hmm. So already <laughs> There's definitely a lot, a lot of expense included in that. Um, but again, you know, that's because again, some of the differences, right? So, you know, that is, you know, my house burns down what the replacement value would be. Um, mm -hmm. It includes some additional stuff for like my, I have like a shed in the backyard. So it includes like any auxiliary units that have to be built. Like I actually did have a claim a couple of years ago and a tree fell on my shed. You know, there right. was a huge storm, crushed my shed. I had to tear that down. I had to build a new one. I had to file a claim. So, I mean, that's that's why those premiums are so high. And so, but yeah, so my homeowner's insurance per year is uh, is about $2,700. So definitely considerable difference there when it comes to, you know, paying rent. And again, it, it does, you know, based on what's going to be covered, I think, you know, rental insurance is definitely if, if you have, you know, things, if somebody breaks in, steals your stuff. I don't know, yeah, it basically that... covers inside, doesn't cover any of the structure or anything like that. Does that cover, like, let's say, you know, I don't even know if, does that cover, like, if something, let's say a pipe breaks and yes. your apartment floods and your furniture gets wet and ruined or something? Is it? Yes. It does. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the things that they, well, especially when, um, like, when I signed my lease, one of their requirements is renter's insurance because the rent his insurance does cover that kind of thing. And one of the examples she gave me was um, somebody turned on their dishwasher and then they left for work and their downstairs neighbor's apartment flooded. <laughs> oh my gosh. So she said, it's very important that you have renter's insurance. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember how old I was. I was in still in grade school. Cause my dad and I, we lived in an apartment up until sixth grade, up until I was in sixth grade. Not my dad was in sixth grade. That'd be weird. But <laughs> so we were in this apartment and I remember when the time we got home and it was so crazy because we got home and it was, it had been raining and stuff. And like around a couple of the windows, you could mm -hmm. see the water, literally like water falling, like through the wind, like the bottom of the windowsill and then water falling, like water falling down the wall to the, to the floor. Now we lived in the, in the bottom, the basement apartment but like yeah. the carpet literally was floating on water and like i remember you could go over and like slap it with your hand or step on it and it would like ripple <laughs> like a waterbed the entire <laughs> carpet was floating so i remember splish. um splish. splish oh man it was so crazy but i remember you know they, they went through and they removed all that and i remember we were there for uh, a week or so with just concrete floor. We're on the basement, right? 
mm-hmm. you know, while we were waiting for that to get resolved. <laughs> but yeah, that was one memory I had of uh, water in my apartment. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So some of the other expenses that we look at is just ongoing maintenance. And you're going to be doing a lot of this maintenance stuff yourself, right? So mm-hmm. things like it's regular wear and tear items, but also some of those big things, typically what I refer to mm-hmm. as capital expenditure, right? So it's one of those things where it's a larger item, right? Like let's say it's your your air conditioner. So for instance, uh, back in 2017, my central AC went out. It was installed back in 1999. So it was close. So this is your personal house, correct? Yeah, personal house. Okay. This was close. To, so it was close to being 20 years old, my central AC. It, uh, it had been slowly, um, you know, a couple of years prior to that, been slowly not cooling as well as it should. And, uh, you know, luckily my dad was in the business. And so, you know, he had, he had since passed away, but he left me all of his gauges and his tools and actually some, uh, some refrigerant as well. And so I, I had recharged my central AC for several years, <laughs> for, for a few years, you know, every season I'd go out and I'd, oh, I need to charge and I would go charge it. Well, finally, like the third year, it's like I charged it up and it still, it just didn't hold. There was a leak and stuff. So I ended up yeah. paying, um, I looked at it, I paying about $2,600 for a brand new central air unit. Wow. So again, that's, but now, you know, that'll last 20 years, right? I mean, right. and and it, it is more efficient than the one I had from 1999. I mean, it does, it costs a lot less to run it as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that it was an expense that, you know, I kind of knew it was coming and, and eventually I had to pay that. So that was $2,600. If you look at, you know, I went and I pulled up, um, I use Mint to track all my expenses and I, I have uh, all the categories pretty accurate. Um, so it's easy for me to kind of, you know, separate some of these expenses. So I went through and looked at uh, 2019. Um, 2019, I, I paid about $5,300 for the year. Um, so $5,300 for the year and miscellaneous repairs and home improvement that did include like a sliding patio door that was 20, like $2,900. Um, and that was the full, so the complete sliding door to my patio, like wouldn't move the, the house had, had like bowed and shifted in such a way that the door was just being pinched and it couldn't be, I had to have the entire frame removed and I had to get a whole new mm-hmm. one installed and um, that's outside my, <laughs> my purview. I don't think I could have done that, um, or done it well, put it that way. So, you know, hired a contractor to get that done. And, um, I'm absolutely 1000% happy with the result. Um, I think if I ever had to do it again, I would hire the exact same firm to do it. It, it did a great job, but again, that was an added expense, right? So, um, where if you're a renter and that happened, you would just call the landlord and, you know, that wouldn't be expense out of your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also just many miscellaneous uh, repairs added up to about $5,300 for the entire year of 2019. Um, in 2020, it was an odd year because with the, with the onset of COVID, um, I did more work than I typically would have around the house. So mm-hmm. re- replacing a bunch of outside light fixtures, um, I refinished all the inside cabinets um, so again, that wasn't, <clears throat> again, a lot less than getting the cabinets replaced, but, you know, I had materials, the stain, um, 
you know, different painting materials, rollers and pads and, you know, painters tape, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but also I got all new carpet. So again, the carpet was 20 years old. So the carpet was well, and flooring too. Didn't you get new flooring? Like the yep. carpet ripped out and new flooring? Exactly. So I ripped up all the old carpet. I got half the carpet replaced with new carpet. And then the other half was, was vinyl planking. And so all of those upgrades and, and, you know, maintenance items, um, was close to $12,000. Um, so that was kind of an odd year. I mean, it typically wouldn't have been that much, but still it was stuff as a homeowner, you, you had to do right. Um, yeah. another thing that I, in 2019, uh, that I didn't include in this number. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. So, or maybe, no, I did that $5,300. I'm sorry. The $5,300 that also included new appliances. Okay. So that was, again, as a renter, you know, your, your dishwasher goes out, you're yeah. not going to have to go out and buy a new one. Right. Um, that's, that's the responsibility of the landlord. And so me, you know, I had a dishwasher and, you know, the rest of my appliances were, you know, again, approaching 20 years old, they, they weren't as working as well as they should have. And so it was about time to, to get those replaced. Um, again, the idea is, Hey, now they're going to last another, you know, 10, 15 years or something. So that, that was included in that $5,300. So that's why that was a little, little higher there in 2019. Um, I am adding numbers right now. Yeah. And so some of the things that, um, you know, if we look at too, is just also the ongoing utilities. Um, one of the things that, so for, um, uh, for electricity, I averaged it out. Uh, my average electricity over the last two years has been about $97 a month. Now that's averaged out for the two years. Obviously it's much higher during the, the summer months when I'm running the, the, the air conditioner. So it does drop considerably during the the winter because you're not going to be running the AC, but then it kind of offsets because your your natural gas then does go up a little bit, I'll right? Because you're, you're running the heat. Yep, because you're running the furnace. But get natural gas natural gas is far less expensive than electricity. So um, and that's where if you look at so electricity it averaged about ninety seven dollars a month over the last two years. My gas averaged about forty two dollars a month over the last two years. Um, another thing that's typically included in your, uh, in rental is the garbage. Um, mm -hmm. I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's typically included in garbage when you're at like, um, you know, a multifamily structure or like in an apartment. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. if you are renting like a single family home, you may be responsible for the garbage. But so my, my garbage was, uh, again, it averaged out, it's a quarterly bill, but it averages out to about $29 a month. So that's another expense that you typically wouldn't have to pay living in an apartment. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the, one of the last things is just water and sewer. So um, again, I averaged out uh, water. So my water bill averaged about $80, $80 a month. Um, it's a little bit high. Um, this year was different because I hadn't been running my sprinkler as often as I typically would have, because we're in such a drought. Um, mm -hmm. I've just elected not to do it because I felt guilty. <laughs> Knowing that we're in a drought, I just don't want, so you know what, my front yard looks like a freaking. <laughs> it's a wasteland. <laughs> like there's so many, it, it is, it's dead. 
but I just, you know, being knowing that we're in such a drought, I just felt not right watering. But yeah, typically I'd be, you know, watering that lawn um, typically every other day um, during those peak summer months, you know. Um, but yeah, so averaging that out over the last two years, it was about 80 bucks a month for water. So what kind of utilities or what is included in your rent as a renter? I only, well, what's in everything but electricity. So I don't pay for water, sewer. I don't pay for, um, well, I don't have gas. I have hot water, heat. Um, and then. Right. So your garbage, your garbage is included. Garbage included. Yeah. I, I mean, I only pay electricity, so. And then your, your average electricity bill is approximately how much? Um, I have the, like the, whatever, reduced monthly payments. And it, I think it works out to about, right now I'm paying 45 a month, but I always, January, I always end up paying like 150 extra. So it probably works out to about 50 to $53 a month Got for it. electricity. And so that, that, um, that program you're talking about that evens out the payments throughout the year, right? Is that what it's Yeah. Called? Yep. Yeah. It makes it so that I'm not paying like $80 in the summer and $15 in the winter. It just makes it so I'm making the same payment all year round. Got it. And that's what I do with my, my gas too. My natural gas, it, it evens it out all year, all year long. And then I have kind of one payment that's kind of a balloon. Um, yeah. But I, I, uh, the one thing I was going to mention too, is that um, I do have, uh, and again, I'll post a link in the show notes. There's a, an article that I posted about saving money on your electric bill. You can reduce mm -hmm. um, electric bill using those high peak times. Um, a lot of different uh, electric utility companies have a similar program. So my program is such that when it's uh, during those peak usage times, they'll just send out a text telling you that um, it's a peak usage time between like 5 and 7 p.m. And then they're just encouraging you to not use power <laughs> during those two hours. The cool thing too, is I have a smart thermostat and stuff. So I can easily program that to basically I'll, I'll, I'll cool down the house ahead of time. And then during those times, I'll just run my, you know, my laptop on battery, my phone, iPad on battery. Um, I turn off all utilities that, I, you know, everything that's typically would be plugged in. I, uh, I put my, my, my desktop machines to sleep. And then, um, you know, I don't go like nuts and like unplug all the power strips and stuff, but um, I typically do that for those two hours. And then like the next day they send you a summary and said, Hey, you saved $6. So that that's actually really works, cool. Yeah. It works out pretty, pretty well. So, and if you do it, especially if you do it like a couple times a week, you know, that's $12 a week that you can be yeah. saving on your electric bill. So it's a, it's a pretty good program if you're, you know, if you don't mind either, you know, hanging out in the basement when it's a hundred degrees outside, <laughs> I, I pre, I, I pre cool down the house to about 69 degrees. That way I can turn off the, the AC yeah. and uh, it's not, not too, not too miserable. So. That's really cool. What, okay. What company do you have that does that? Yeah, that's for uh, our local. Um, it's actually a, a energy co-op called Connexus Energy. Oh, clever co-op. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know too much about what the differences are. A co-op. I know that they send me stuff in the mail to go vote for people on the board. 
<laughs> I don't know who okay. they are, but um, you can be, and I think you get, um, as a member of the co-op, you do get like some rebates back on your bill like every year. Um, and so it's actually a pretty good program. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm doing numbers here. Yeah. And I'm doing a lot of averages. So if I take all the money that you spent on maintenance from 2017 to 2020, Yep. Oh, that's four years. Hmm. Okay. Well, I figured it out to a three-year average. So a three-year average is about sixty-six hundred a year over three years. And if you so, add up, so if you add up your rent, and again, that's well, not so, including like, like that's not including like a mortgage payment. No, too. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying is I'm breaking these down. So six sixty-six hundred a year. That's just for the maintenance. Then you include. Um, what was the other two that you had? Your homeowner's insurance policy plus your yep. property taxes. Correct. So, um, and that's over the course of years. That's another $6,600 over the course of a year. So that's $13,000 per year, which works out to $1,100 a month. And then if you include all your utilities, $1,350 a month. And that is outside of your mortgage payment, your, if you have to like have um, like mortgage insurance, any taxes, no, your property taxes are right there. So yeah, that's outside of the mortgage. So, I mean, if your mortgage is $1,200, you know, he, wow, that's, yeah, that's so, something to think about right there. So the only thing that, right. And so, you know, again, so far we've talked about that. It definitely seems like you could save considerably amount of money by renting now let's also look at you know i have a house my house is like 2200 square feet and so you look at an apartment you know i think your apartment's like what 1200 or i don't even no, know it's, it's like 950 oh is it 950 okay yeah. and that's 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 average right i mean for an apartment yeah I in, think so. in, in all honesty that's what i'm looking at <laughs> i'm looking at downsizing because <laughs> i looked at in the where i live that's the minimum footprint to build is you need 960 square feet to build. Really? Yep. You can't have, cause I was looking at the possibility of doing tiny home and yeah. the structure, the, I mean, obviously if it's not, if it's just a trailer, you, you could obviously, right. But to build a structure, it, there's a minimum footprint of 960 square feet. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. And then, you know, one thing that we, we didn't really look, look over to is some of the things that, you know, some of the amenities that, you know, and sometimes, you know, they're kind of luxuries that, you know, renters may get like, you know, in-ground pools, fitness centers, um, a lot of these things that those apartment complexes have for, for oh. tenants at no additional charge, right? Yeah, that's something that you brought up that I, was something that I didn't really consider, you know, like I just amenities. I just think, well, you know, yay, it's a pool. <laughs> we can use it when we want, but kind of take it for granted sometimes when you consider that most places and the, the HOA factors into that too, because a lot of places that if you buy a house, mm -hmm. if there's a pool available, then you have to pay the homeowners association fee in order to use the pool and the facilities and stuff yep. like that. And that is anywhere between, you know, 175 to 350, 450 a month, a year, you know, so that's, that's a definitely another added thing that, you know, you have to consider. Yeah. I know that uh, when my kids were smaller, um, 
which also means they were younger, by the way. Typically, that's how it works. But when my when my kids were younger, <laughs> they would um, when they were over at their mom's. Their mom was renting an apartment here uh, locally. But that was another thing too, is that they had um, not only did they have like a fitness center, but they also had you know they had like pool and ping pong, and they had like uh, a couple hot tubs, like jacuzzis and stuff, and so. Yeah definitely some uh some amenities that you know as a homeowner you may not always have access to um another big thing that we really didn't talk about though is also just getting into a primary home to begin with right so getting into an apartment you typically are going to pay you know first and last month rent you're gonna have like a security deposit typically that is like a month's rent right yeah um you know getting into a home you're going to have a considerable down payment. Again, there's, there's programs available to get, you know, you know, whether it's FHA or, you know, first time home buyer where you can get in for as little as like 3% down, but typically you're going to have 10%, you know, sometimes even 20% down considerable amount of money just to get into your home that now you're going to be paying so much additional money for it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing too is that I wanted to just talk about is you know, a lot of this, again, we kind of talked about, well, hey, this is, you know, looks like we're going to save a lot of money on on the rent, but we also need to look at, you know, if, if we're buying a home, there are some advantages, you know, like you're built, you are building equity for the most part, right? Typically you look at the historical averages for the most part, property yeah. typically is increasing in value. Now, is it going to happen every time, every year? Like, you know, we, we don't have that magical, magical, we don't have magical. that magic. We don't have that magic crystal ball that is going <laughs> to see what the future market will be. But on the average, your home values will increase. What that is, you know, typically it's, you know, three to 5% a year. It depends. It, you know, mm in current Depends when you when you buy when you sell yep and, and obviously the, the housing market is crazy nuts right now <laughs> where people literally their values of their home has skyrocketed in the past just a couple of years so um but so you are establishing equity um you know it's it, it's interesting because when i was when i was being raised as a kid i remember being told um multiple people I mean, my dad was one of them that said you know, why would you ever rent? You're just throwing money away, right? You have no tangible, nothing to, nothing for, you know, nothing to show for the money that I've, that I've spent, right? Where, you know, that was kind of their, uh, that was their view, right? Like they were saying, you might as well be paying towards the principal and building equity in that home while you're there, because you have to live somewhere anyway. But Mm -hmm. now being older, and looking at things differently, um, I don't always think that renting purely is just throwing money away because you still need to live somewhere. So right. if you're renting and you are comfortable and you have all the amenities that you want, you know, I don't really have that like, hey, you're just throwing money away attitude anymore at all. You know, everyone's different, right? Personal finance is personal for a reason. And yeah. if it fits you and your lifestyle, you know, it can go either way. Well, and I feel like it definitely, it plays a part in, in your lifestyle too. 
Totally. You know, one thing somebody brought up to me was, um, you know, sometimes it's the idea of having to sell a house and get it ready and put on the market and go through the stress of all of that, you know, whereas you rent, I mean, you can pick up and leave whenever you want, basically, you give a 30 day notice and you're, you're done, you know, so I mean, if that's, if you don't, I don't know, in my situation, like where I'm not 100% sure where I want to live, you know, I've been stressing myself out so much about location, 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 when in reality, like if I rented, I could move again. And if I don't like that location, or if my situation changes, my job changes, who's to say I can't just move, you know, I can just pick up and move and move somewhere else. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing, I think when you're, when you do rent, you just, you have a lot more flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and that's, and that's not for everyone, but a lot of people love that. I mean, like my daughter, oh my gosh, like she loves the idea that she can just go wherever, whenever, and not tied to anything or any place ever you know me i i like to have a home base i like to know that that is a yeah. sense of permanency like i can go to that place and it'll always be there that's just yeah. kind of the way my brain works but seeing that's where i have been i mean that's where my mind has been set is is that permanency like i just want to have some place where I can put a bookshelf or I can attach something to a wall and not sit there and go, well, it's temporary. We don't know how long it's actually going to stay there. You know, if I want to build a wall or build, you know, build something in the house, I can do that and know that it's mine and nobody's going to stop me, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's that constant mental battle of, but where are you going to find that place? You know, exactly. And being, a, being a single mom and working on polar opposite side of the city that my son goes to school it affects everything because I have no I really have no idea where I want to be so it's kind of a it's a tricky place it is it is and I wanted to I want to let everyone know too that we we are going to have a link to uh, a great rent versus buy calculator tool um, offered by NerdWallet we'll have that in the show notes and uh, it's actually really cool because you can put in like where you want to live, a home's purchase price. Um, there's also a calculator that can help determine how much you can afford when it comes to, you know, qualifying for that mortgage and, and what house you're going to actually be buying. There's also something to calculate what that down payment may be, and then whether or not you're going to do like a 15-year or 30-year mortgage. Um, again, that's not not. I mean, we haven't really talked about that, but. We can mm -hmm. certainly go on that path. And then you look at like how long you're going to live there, right? Is it something where, you know what, I just need to live somewhere for three years until this life change happens, right? That could very well be, right? Your younger couple, maybe you're going to, um, you know, live here until your spouse is done with college and then going to start a residency in some other state or whatever, right? There's mm -hmm. tons of different reasons why one would move and looking at, what's right, you know, buying it now versus just renting until you are ready to move to that next stage or next thing of life, right? So right. really cool. We got a calculator that we're going to add to uh, add to the show notes. And I'm curious to see, you know, um, you know, others go ahead and uh, let us know. I mean, send us an email, drop us a, a comment. I'd love to know kind of your feelings on whether or not you feel as though renting versus buying which is better? Um, do you do, do people out there still feel as though renting is just throwing money away? I'm curious to see uh, see your thoughts. I'm very curious about that too. 
And with that, we're about to wrap up. Um, I want to thank everyone for their time today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for uh, joining us on uh, episode number five of the Thrash Report. And I want to just remind everybody we'll have links uh, in the show notes um, at heavymetal.money. Um, and uh, also feel free to sign up for uh, our mailing list. And with that, you can grab your free financial checklist. Go ahead and grab that. And it's a, a great financial checklist for those of you that may be going through divorce. Maybe you're thinking about divorce. Um, it's actually a great checklist because we know that divorce can be a very uh, emotional time. And so going through this checklist can really help um, just um, think about some things that, you know, you may want to consider. And uh, we also want to let everyone know we really would appreciate going to uh, Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. We really do appreciate it. Again, the more reviews we get, the better we are, the higher in the ranks that we, uh, that we, that we move. So I want to thank everyone for their time. April, thanks again for another great episode. 